AMSA partner, Becker Professional Education, provides exclusive pricing to AMSA members for USMLE review preparation. Save up to 25% off their live online and live review programs along with their guided learning resources and extensive question bank. Visit becker.com AMSA for more details. It's a ritual so common among medical students that it would be cliche if it weren't so solemn. Today on AMSA AdLib, we're talking about the experience of anatomy lab. Welcome to the AMSA AdLib podcast, where you'll hear from med students and experts alike. I'm your host, Christine Camizio. For some medical students, the experience of anatomy lab, when the medical student first pulls back the shroud on a body donated for study, marks the boundary that separates physicians from laypersons. For some medical students, it's their first tactile exposure to the magical inner workings of the human body. For some, it's a first shared team experience working together with colleagues just met. Though much of the experience of anatomy lab is relatively similar across medical schools, for each individual, that first moment is a unique one. My name is Colin Rogg. I'm uh, just finishing my third year of medical school at Baylor College of Medicine in Houston, Um, going into general surgery, hopefully, uh, next year, be applying. Colin Rogg discussed that moment with AdLib's Pete Thompson, starting with the basics of anatomy lab. Here's Colin. Anatomy is traditionally broken up into kind of two uh, prime components. One is your lectures, and then the other is your lab. Um, Our lectures, we had really uh, great professors who had been at Baylor for a long, long time um, and gave really good lectures, actually, made us a great slide set to study from. But I think that, you know, the essence of anatomy is kind of learning not just the names of the structures and where they are, but sort of how they relate to each other. And especially as someone going into a surgical field, that that really is the crux of everything, is not to know just sort of where something is, but how it impacts everything around it. And you really don't get that from a PowerPoint. You know, you have to actually get in the body and discover that and struggle with it and get frustrated by it to really understand and and learn, I think. So, I mean, I, I think when I first realized, okay, I'm, I'm in medical school now, is when I took my first anatomy class. And I, I remember it very clearly because it, it really was um, kind of a defining experience in medical school. And we started out with the muscles of the back, which is, I think, probably the most boring, but the easiest. So that's, <laughs> that's pretty much where everybody starts. And uh, we had a lecture, um, I believe it was on a, a Monday morning, and then that Tuesday was our first lab. And lecture is just like anything else, you know, you're sitting in class and getting talked at and taking notes and, you know, trying to write down everything that the teacher says because you're, you know, it's your first week in medical school and you have always been a perfectionist and so you want to get everything right. And then that whole facade uh, sort of falls away when you step into the lab for the first time. You know, I had seen people who were deceased. Obviously, I've been to to funerals and stuff like that. But to really be intimate with them uh, in a way that was very new and and kind of scary was definitely a different experience. 
And so, you know, your lab, you, you walk in and, and we have a great lab um, in, my, in my school and lots of wonderful TAs to help out. You walk in and it's basically just this whitewash room with super bright lights. It's about 33 degrees in there or something like that, just so the water doesn't freeze in the pipes, I think. And uh, you go in and you meet your, your lab group. I had a, a wonderful lab group. Everybody really worked together very well. And, and we ended up becoming very good friends, which I think was kind of lucky. And um, you're kind of just standing around this silver tank. And everybody knows what's in the silver tank, which is this is a dead person that I'm going to now cut open and, and explore. And um, everybody's really nervous at first. And I think that's pretty normal. I think if, if you weren't nervous, that would be a little weird. Um, and just the, the experience of it is so bizarre, just opening up the tank and seeing there a person who, you know, could have been someone's dad or someone's grandfather or someone's aunt or someone's sister or someone's mom. I mean, it really is a bizarre experience. And then going from that and recognizing, wow, this is a, this is life, um, to then kind of having to put that aside and, being objective about it and, oh, here's the trapezius muscle and the spinal accessory nerve and blah, blah, blah. I mean, it, it really is a quite a quick transition to make when you're in your, you know, first week of medical school. I hadn't really thought of the temperature of it. The experience is, is cold in a sense. It is. It is both physically and perhaps emotionally feels a little cold too, which I think makes it even colder in the room. Do you have a lot of uh, discussion beforehand in terms of kind of the gravity of it? No. Um, I had reflected on that sort of the, the day before the morning of, um, but we never really talked about it until much later. Um, and in fact, I think if we had, that would have probably made us all feel much more comfortable. But at the time, you know, you're just meeting these people and uh, you're just so excited to kind of get started and get going that there's, I mean, that I don't think any of us were really thinking, Hey, let's talk about our, our feelings at the moment, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. So, but it is something that we, you know, as we were, you know, I remember uh, one of my lab partners, he, uh, when we were doing the, the neuro portion of the course and he um, took our cadaver's brain out and he just held it and he just looked at it for, probably two or three minutes, just sat there and looked at it. And uh, finally, I kind of noticed what he was doing. I was like, hey, man, is everything all right? What's going on? And I just remember the the look on his face and the tone in his voice when he said, man, this was like I'm holding in my hands every experience of another human being. How incredible is this? And um, it's just kind of little moments and little comments like that that really put it into perspective and make it so meaningful. I would say that it took months and it took us getting to know each other as a class to really start sharing those things together. I mean, nobody um, really talked about it during the dissections um, besides just kind of little comments here and there. Um, you know, afterwards we would, we would talk about it and reflect like, oh, my cadaver had a really big heart or my cadaver had really nice lungs or, hey, look at this cool anatomical um, kind of deviation that, that mine has or that tank 45 has or whatever it is. Um, and pe- people talked about that and reflected on it, but I think probably the most meaningful thing 
that that we did as a class. We have a um, at the end of anatomy, so we take it from about I guess the end of July until probably the end of February, and then as soon as we come back from our uh, kind of spring break sort of week off, we have a uh, like a memorial ceremony for all of the the donors. And it's just us, it's just the students and the anatomy faculty and any of the professors that came in and taught. And I was really surprised actually with the display of emotion that a lot of people showed during that, um, during that time. And I was surprised very pleasantly because I was sort of validated in seeing other people having such strong emotions towards um, the, the individuals who donated their bodies so that we could learn from them. Um, you know, some people wrote songs, some people um, wrote poems, other people wrote essays. We had a couple speakers um, and a lot of people uh, shed some tears. And I think that's just uh, a testament to not only the, the class that I go to school with, which is just filled with incredible people, but also um, sort of all of those emotions that maybe we had held back throughout the whole experience of the course that now that it was over and we kind of knew each other a little better. Uh, we all felt more comfortable in sharing. Was there a team building element to it? Like a common kind of collective um, experience that kind of bonds people like this is sort of, this is the group of people I'm going to go through medical school with. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think so. And in fact, um, the people that I went through the experience with, I feel like I have a special bond with them. Um, and I, I feel like we really, struggled and, and got frustrated together. And that's really what built us up as, as, a, as a lab group. You know, the, the, our, our curriculum is basically on Monday, we'll have a, a lecture. And, uh, you know, one of the anatomy professors will lay out all the structures and, you know, the, the arteries are red and the veins are blue and the nerves are yellow and all the muscles look nice. And the pictures are you know, just perfect. And it, everything is, is just as it's supposed to be. And then, you know, you stay up all night studying and making sure you're prepared for lab. And then you get into lab and you start the dissection, you start kind of uh, trying to pick things apart and locating things. And I cannot tell you how many times that we sliced through something very important or did not find something that was very obvious or, um, you know, really had a hard time differentiating some nerve from just some connective tissue and it, because it really, um, you know, in, in the state of preservation, things change as well as every body is not perfect. It's not like the picture at all. Um, and so that sort of experience of being really frustrated and just staying in there extra hours and looking for stuff and digging around and really struggling together, I think was very defining. And then of course, you know, you leave and you smell like formalin for probably three days after that. So it's a, <laughs> it's a, it's a very unique and um, very defining experience, I would say. Did you find that your classmates um, all dealt with it fairly well, or did some people not react to it very well? I think that the majority of, of people in my class handled it very well. Um, I don't think I did. Instead of just sort of accepting that this was going to be a very emotional and very um, somewhat troubling experience. I just sort of try to cover that up with 
being really objective and scientific about it. And I think that if I had gone into this scenario, um, just kind of knowing, hey, these are the feelings that I'm going to have, and these feelings are probably okay, and it's it's all right to talk about them or to feel them. Um, I probably would have gotten a little bit more out of it at first, but ultimately that experience to me um, where I kind of processed all of that stuff came pretty early. So I, I guess I can't say one way or the other, but I think that on the whole, um, you know, again, my class is filled with just some of the most excellent people I've ever met and um, pretty much everybody in there um, expressed their gratitude um, towards the donors in a very public way, in one way or another, whether it was just talking about it, whether it was making a video, you know, writing a poem, singing a song, whatever. Um, it was, it was uh, very touching to see. The masking of the emotional side with the scientific side, because it's more t- made more, more tangible or it's easier to deal with in the moment. Um, mm-hmm. Do you find that that has been something that, that has continued to be a challenge, like sort of inpatient experiences or, or is it, or does that all make more sense emotionally? It definitely makes much more sense now. Um, and I think it makes more sense now because I have learned not to separate the two. Um, I think that especially in, in a field like surgery where you are interacting with patients um, in what is probably inevitably and invariably going to be the worst day of their life. Um, And when your work cannot be simply science, but must be creative and artistic, um, I don't think you can really separate those things. And I think it's actually very dangerous to try to separate those things because what I have found is when I have sort of just let myself um, feel that emotion and not try to necessarily block it out, that's when I'm able to provide the best care for patients. Um, You know, that's when the things that I say to their families and their loved ones just sort of make sense and maybe make them feel better. Um, And that's really where I find myself being the best at, what I know that I can do as a future physician, if that makes sense. Um, I, I think if you, obviously there are times when you have to suppress your emotion, um, you know, like for example, in surgery, when a patient is, is has suffered uh, some kind of horrible trauma, whether it's a gunshot wound or a stab wound or a car accident or whatever, and they come into the emergency room and they're wheeled into the shock room, you know, you, you don't have very long to figure out what's going on and respond and you, you have to do that. That's your job. And so um, you, you really, at that point, just have to put everything else aside and perform. Um, but I don't think that when you go talk to the family after you have stabilized or, um, you know, in the worst case, that you've lost a patient. Um, I don't think when you go to talk to the family after that, that you should continue sort of just performing. Um, at that point, I think it's okay to think about your emotions a little bit, think about the emotions that the person that you're talking to is feeling um, and just kind of going from there. Um, and, and anything else, 
just sort of feels uncomfortable both to me and and I think it comes across as uncomfortable to patients. Um, you know, ultimately they're just another human being and you're just another human being. And so, you know, whether it's some kind of trauma, whether it's telling someone they have cancer, whether it's telling someone that their child has diabetes, whatever it may be. I mean, I, this situation is definitely applicable to any specialty um, in medicine. There has to be a, a personal component. And in order for that personal component to be there, I, I think you do have to really reflect on what you're feeling because that sort of can lead you to understand what the other person is feeling um, and kind of how they want to receive the information that you have to give them one way or the other. Do you think the experience was ultimately necessary and kind of setting the science, like the, maybe the, the educational side aside, but like from an, an emotional and uh, sort of psychological perspective, do you think it was necessary as we have more and more, um, you know, uh, companies and technologies sort of proffering these, what amounts to sort of virtual dissection? And absolutely, I think it's necessary um, because ultimately, I, I think no matter what specialty you go into as a physician, um, hopefully one of the things that I've learned is, um, you know, that every single patient encounter that you have is going to be different. And every single person that you come in contact with um, is going to react a little bit differently. Their body's going to behave a little bit differently. Their anatomy is going to be a little bit different. Their mind is going to work a little bit differently, you know, whatever it may be. So I think that obviously for, for study tools, you know, virtual dissection textbooks, um, you know, apps, I used all that stuff and it was very helpful. But I think if you take the cadaver out of it and you take the, the patient out of it, you really lose that sense of, um, or not the, not the sense, but I guess the, the lesson that everybody's going to be a little different. Um, and I cannot tell you how many times, you know, we were dissecting out our cadaver and found something that was not in a textbook. And we were a little confused about what was going on. And so we had to really trace back and, and look at the surrounding structures and figure out what was going on. Um, and I think that's a really good metaphor, not just for, you know, medical education, but just for um, sort of growing into a professional is that, you know, without those experiences, if everything is straightforward, um, when you get out into the real world and you get out into practice and things are not super straightforward, you're going to be frustrated and, and you might not know how to handle that or deal with that. And so I'm really glad that I was fortunate enough to have that experience early on when I had people around me who could kind of help me through it. What did the experience of Anatomy Lab mean to you? Tell us in the comments on SoundCloud or email us at adlib at amsa.org. For more of Colin's perspectives on Anatomy Lab, be sure to keep up with the new physician magazine this fall. AMSA Adlib is brought to you by the American Medical Student Association. I'm your host, Christine Camizio. This episode was produced by Pete Thompson and myself. Special thanks to T.J. Law Jr. Joshua Caulfield is the show's executive producer, and Dr. Joey Johnson is AMSA's national president. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and thank you for listening. This episode of AMSA Adlib is brought to you by the generous support of Becker Professional Education.